I've suggested to you in entitling this series about Romans as uh, Paul's letter to the 21st century that uh, it is relevant. It's relevant to us. We, uh, it doesn't take a historian to notice the similarities between our culture and the culture of Rome. There's a, a decadence and a decay in, in our culture today that displays a similar brokenness. In fact, if, if you were honest and and if I was honest, if all of us were honest with each other, just looking eye to eye, face to face, you'd have to admit that there's some measure of that brokenness in you. And I would have to admit that there's some measure of that same brokenness in me. If, I, if I'm serious about the Christian life, then I come to a point in this book of Romans where I see God speaking to me personally. I see uh, something that's really relevant to my life, to, to the way I live every day. And so we're going to look at uh, Romans chapter 7. That's where we're going to be today, beginning in verse 12. And we're going to read from verse 12 to verse 20. And then we will conclude the chapter a little later. But first, Romans 7, verses 12 through 20. Paul says, So the law is holy, and the commandment is holy and righteous and good. Did that which is good, then bring death to me? By no means. It was sin producing death in me through what is good in order that sin might be shown to be sin and through the commandment might become sinful beyond measure. He's talking about the law of God, basically the Ten Commandments. They show me my sin. They show me what sin is. They show me right from wrong. They, they show a child. When the, when the Ten Commandments say to a child, obey your parents, and you don't obey your parents, that's sin, and it makes you a sinner. When I talk to children about sin, that's where I start. Have you ever disobeyed your parents? When the child says, yes, I say, what does that make you? They say, it makes me a sinner, and it shows me how sinful I am. So we pick up, uh, we continue to read. For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am a flesh sold under sin. For I do not understand my own actions. For I do not do what I want, but the very thing I hate. Now, if I do what I do not want, I agree with the law that it is good. So now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. For I know that nothing good dwells in me, that is, in my flesh. For I have the desire to do what is right, but not the ability to carry it out. For I do not do the good I want. But the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, if I do what I do not want, it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Now, we want to look at verse 14. And in verse 14, Paul talks about uh, being spiritual or being carnal or being of the flesh, sold under sin. Now, the idea of, of being carnal is being a man apart from the indwelling of God's Spirit. The flesh is me in my own strength trying to live the life that God wants me to live and making that inevitable discovery that I have a problem. And so that's the first question that we want to answer looking at this passage of Scripture this morning is what is my problem? How is it that we can deal 
uh, with this brokenness that we realize in it. There's something wrong with me so that I can sit down with the law sitting beside me and still sin. I can sit down and sin with my Bible sitting beside me. I can know the right thing to do and want to do it and find that with all my want to, I am not able to do it. And in verse 14, Paul lays out the problem. He says, I am of the flesh, carnal, sold under sin, sold or disposed of into slavery. Now, did you wake up one morning and decide to sell yourself into slavery? Absolutely not. We've been reading in the book of Romans that we were born that way. When Adam sinned, all of us became slaves of sin. The consequences of Adam's sin were passed on to us. That's the way we came into the world. Adam was a slave, I am a slave, born a slave to sin. That's the general truth that Paul teaches in the book of Romans. And he is also saying that God's law proved this to him. It proved that he was broken. The light of God's law exposed the darkness that was in his life. It exposes the darkness that's in you. It exposes the darkness that's in me. Now, several years ago, I told you, how I came to understand, I came to an awakening uh, about dark places when I was in my grandfather's outhouse as a little boy. Now, for those of you children who don't know what an outhouse is, an outhouse is a toilet that's outside because people used to didn't have bathrooms in their house. They were little rooms outside. They didn't have lights. They didn't have running water. There was no place to wash your hands. There was just a box and a commode seat that you sat on, let's just be honest, and it was dark in there with a few cracks in the wall so that there was enough light passing through those cracks to do your business. Well, as a little boy, I wondered what was down in that hole. You know, there was not enough light to see. You don't want to use your imagination to find out. I didn't want to use my imagination either. So there was always paper in the outhouse. What did I do as a little boy? I wanted the facts. So I took a piece of that paper and I got a match out of my granddaddy's house and I lit the paper and I dropped it down in the hole. And once I did, I saw what was in that hole and I wondered why in the world I was in that room sitting on that seat with what was in that hole. I knew what was in that dark hole and I didn't want to be there anymore. Now Paul says the law showed him the law was the light that God shined into his heart that showed him the dark, dirty hole of his own heart. And Paul was appalled by what he saw. And isn't that true with you? When you come to understand your own personal brokenness and your inability to be what God wants you to be, with all the desire, the, 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 the determination that you try to be, you fail, you realize something is broken in you. Now, we realize we have a problem, and we realize basically the problem that as the Scripture exposes our problem, as God's law exposes our problem, and we know the right thing to do. That's the whole point of the matter. We know what's right, and we know what's wrong. You know what's right. You know what's wrong. I know it. We all know it, but why is it still our problem? That's the second question we want to answer. You look at verses 15 through 17 again. And when you look at verses 15 through 17 in this seventh chapter of Romans, you see something uh, that you understand. You see something that you're familiar with. And you're not familiar with those verses as verses. You're familiar with those verses as your own personal experience. The law of God reveals to me my problem. That's what Paul says. I have to admit that. I see that. 
the light of God shines into my darkness and shows me the evil of my heart. But why is it still my problem? Why do I do these things? Why this struggle? Why this frustration? Why this failure? Well, here's a question that you need to answer. Perhaps like Paul, you've asked it about yourself and and you've experienced in your own spiritual life a measure of frustration. You fail at your best effort to keep, keep God's law. You fail at your best efforts to be who God wants you to be and, and, and what God wants you to be. But why? Why does it happen over and over? What is it about me that makes me fail again and again? Why is it that instead of what I, doing what I want to do, I wind up doing what, the very thing that I hate? What is wrong with me? I know it is wrong because God has shown me it's wrong. I see it. I know it. I hate it. But the fact is I still do it. But why? Why is this a problem? Well, here's number three. Paul says, there is a power in me. There is a power that is at work in me. There's a power at work in me that I am powerless to control. He says in verse 17, so now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells in me. Do you realize this is one of those not I but statements that Paul uses? We've looked at one over and over through these last uh, chapters of the book of Romans, and that's Galatians 2.20, where Paul said, I am crucified with Christ, nevertheless I live, yet not I, but Christ dwells in me. Well, look at verse 17. He says, so now it is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. This raises something here because one of the things that Paul is saying is that I'm either controlled by one or the other. I'm either being controlled by sin or I'm being controlled by Christ. Galatians 2.20 says that Christ lives in me. Uh, Romans 7.17 says that sin dwells in me. Those are opposites, aren't they? Yet not I but sin on the one hand, yet not I but Christ on the other. Have you ever made that connection? Even if you're not a Christian, and you don't believe in God, you, you see this, you know this is true, there is an incredible inconsistency in you, an inconsistency that contradicts uh, what you want to be and do, and you see that sin is a mighty power, more powerful than all your opposition to it, it contradicts me, it contradicts my own heart, leading me, leading you to act to your own hurt. I have to acknowledge the power of sin. But that's not my only problem. There's another problem, and that is there is a weakness in me. And Paul points out this weakness. And the weakness that is in me is the weakness of the flesh. And the flesh, according to Paul, the carnal man is man in his own personal effort, man in his own brokenness, man trying to pick himself up by his own bootstraps, man trying to do by, uh, by the force of personal effort to, to battle against sin. I can want to do what is right. I can want to please God. I can want to be a good man. I can want to say no to sin. But Paul says, I have no power. I have no ability to carry it out. And that, in fact, is played out every time you decide to change your own habits, to change your own nature, to adjust your own heart, only to find out what Paul said in verse 19. For I do not do the good I want, but the evil I do not want is what I keep on doing. Now, you, you might say, well, you know, I've read the Bible all my life, but I've never seen myself in the Bible. But I see myself, I see my own heart in these verses of Scripture. Look at verse 20. He says, now if I do what I do not want, 
It is no longer I who do it, but sin that dwells within me. Sin is not some one thing that he's talking about here. That's the difference between Christianity and other religions. Other religions talk about sins. Christianity deals with sin, the problem of sin as a power. In fact, it is, it is your weakness in the face of the mighty power of sin that keeps you from being able to do what you want to do, what you set out to do, what might be the desire of your heart to do. One great preacher of days gone by said, the greatest power in the universe is God. The second greatest power in the universe is the power of sin. Sin is a mighty power. You in your flesh, your human effort are absolutely helpless against that power. Now look at verse 21. Verse 21, Paul says, so I find it to be a law. That's what he said. I find it to be a law. We can say that this law is a principle, a principle of life, a principle of living. I find it to be a law that when I want to do right, evil lies close at hand. For I delight in the law of God in my inner being, but I see in my members another law waging war against the law of my mind and making me a captive to the law of sin that dwells in me. So Paul has told us some things. Now I have a problem. He told us why we have this problem, that there is a power in me. And he talks about the weakness in me. And here Paul talks about next the results of this power. Why is it that you, that I, that we, when we want to do what is right, we don't do it. Instead, we do the evil. Why is it that I yield to this power, that I succumb to it? So we started out this whole series making the case that this book is relevant. It's not only relevant to the culture. It's not only relevant to our time. It's relevant to my daily experience. And this is not psychology that Paul is talking about here. It's God's truth about you and me. It reveals the essential brokenness that is in every person, in every person apart from Christ, in every lost person apart from Christ, in every Christian apart from Christ. You are not able to carry out, to be, to do what God wants you to do apart from Christ. He's heading in that direction. So Paul says, I see the law of God. I see the word of God. I understand what it says about me. I know right from wrong. I agree with it. I know the benefits of doing right. And I know the defeat and the despair that follows doing what is wrong. But why is it that I that I am continually become a captive to this, this sin that controls me and defeats me. Well, you'll notice Paul talks about here something that uh, wages war against him. The Greek word here means to make a military expedition, to take the field against anyone. It's a coordinated attack. It's not incidental or accidental. It is lying in wait, watching, lurking, ready to attack. So Paul wants to do what is good. He wants to do what is right. But he says, I wind up a captive. I wind up a helpless prisoner of war. I wind up in a kind of bondage. Now, if you read these verses, if you can see these verses and you don't see yourself, if you can't see your own life and your own practical daily experience in your life, then something is incredibly wrong about your ability. You, you must be completely lost and, and hopeless no hope for you 
Because God is here showing you yourself, showing you your own heart. And so no person who's a Christian would ever say, I am a good man. I am a good woman. I am not a terrible sinner. The Christian has one continual cry in his or her soul, and I believe will until the day of ultimate deliverance, and that is this cry Paul makes in verse 24. Wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Now most people who follow the book of Romans understand that this is the key point in the book of Romans. This is the point where Paul uh, shares his own experience, his own heart, the experience of every person who's ever made an attempt in their own strength to follow Christ and realize they need the strength of another. He says, who is going to deliver me? Now, wretched, uh, you might think of wretched and you think of that uh, hole uh, that I talked about earlier and what was down in that hole, you might say, that's the kind of wretched he's talking about, but it's not the kind of wretched he's talking about. He's not talking about nasty and he's not talking about dirty. The Greek word actually means exhausted as a result of tired labor, defeated, afflicted. Do you know that feeling of trying to live the Christian life, of trying to be what God wants you to be, and winding up exhausted, exasperated, defeated, helpless. He says, what a tangled mess of a man I am, worn out and wearied from battling sin. I have no ability to carry out what is, what is good. Who will deliver me from the body of this death? That's the next question and the final one. Did you know that a Pharisee never asked that question? A Pharisee pastor will never ask that question because he's got no struggles and no defeat in his life. A Pharisee deacon will never ask that question. A Pharisee in the women's group will never ask that question. They need no such deliverance. But what is it that I need to be delivered from? First, I need to be delivered from this power that Paul talks about, this power of sin that operates in our world and it operates in me. And, I, and, and the power of sin operates with such, such uh, victory in me because of my weakness. I am weak. I am of the flesh. There's a conflict in me. I see the truth of God's law. I want to keep it. I try to keep it, but I have no power to keep it. Paul never says here, how can I deliver myself? He never says, how will I ever whip this thing? He never says, how will I win this battle? He never says, how can I pull myself up by my own bootstraps and be the man that God wants me to be? No, Paul says, who will deliver me? Now, there are several different interpretations here. Some say this is the normal Christian life. Other people say this is not the normal Christian life. This is the defeated Christian life. Others would even say this is a lost person. This is a person who's never come to know the Lord. But perhaps we might say the Holy Spirit allowed Paul to write these words so that everybody who reads this passage of Scripture could see themselves could see this is me, 
This is me at one point or another. This is me before I became a Christian when I knew what was right and, and wrong and I couldn't do it to save my life. I couldn't do what was right to save my life. This is me as a Christian on those days when I decide that I'm going to live in my own strength and by my own power. Even though I'm not thinking that way, that's what I'm doing and I'm failing and I'm helpless and I'm hopeless. This is me when I get to thinking I'm really, really spiritual and I'm on the mountaintop and I can be whatever I want to be and I suddenly realize I'm nothing without Jesus that every day of my life from the day of my conversion to the day I go to heaven I need a deliverer I need a deliverance I can't do this on my own I have to live in the power of the Lord Jesus Christ either sin is dwelling in me and controlling me or Christ is dwelling in me and controlling me this is the message that Paul has been laying out all along when I put my faith in the Lord Jesus Christ by his death on the cross, I am delivered from the penalty of sin. But through his resurrection, through his life, I can be delivered from the power of sin. But I must live in absolute dependence on him. I cannot for one minute live in dependence on my flesh or on my own strength or on the power of my own determination, or on my own spiritual intelligence, or my own spiritual maturity, however long I've been a Christian, I must live in absolute dependence upon the Lord Jesus Christ. Only Christ in me can give me victory over sin. Only Christ in me can work spiritual transformation in my life. Only Christ in in me gives me the hope of heaven nothing I am nothing I've been nothing I can do but Christ in me Paul said Christ in you is the hope of glory who will deliver you from your battles the battles that are long-term battles that you fought for many years the battles that you can't win you don't seem to be able to win on your own however hard you try the reason you can't win them is because you've never surrendered them to the Lord Jesus Christ. You've never given it to the Lord Jesus Christ. You've never said, Lord Jesus, you have got to live in me. You've got to do this. I can't do it. You can't do it. So Paul moves from chapter 7 to chapter 8, that great chapter that talks about life in the Spirit, living in the victory of the Spirit, living in the intercession of the Spirit, living where nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. But you've got to come to this point. You've got to come to this point where you realize your own weakness against the power of sin and that you in your own strength will never ever be able to win the battle that the only one who can win it in you and for you is the Lord Jesus Christ. He broke the power of sin on the cross. He's your deliverer there. And he is your deliverer in your everyday life. We leave out that last verse if we don't look at it. Paul said, who will deliver me? And then he said, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's where our deliverance comes from. Let's pray.